Welcome to the See My Grief podcast, a Conversations with Kelly production. I'm your host, Kelly Grosslogs, and I want to welcome you to this community where my intention is for those that listen can experience healing, safety, hope, and possibility. This is a space where all grief matters. I want you to feel seen and heard and embraced. To all of you, welcome. Hello, hello, my friend. Hello, Brian. I could get used to this. I know. Here we are again. We're on a roll with these podcasts. I know. So easy to speak to you and talk to you. And I'm guessing if people could see us right now, they would see this flow. Mm -hmm. So easy. Just sitting here in these blankets (laughs) with these dogs. These dogs sitting at our feet. I know. And in this room that is full of conversations with Kelly things. But we've had a lot of conversations in this room. We have. We have. We're about to have another one. CWK. CWB and CWK. That's right. Talking about something today that kind of building off of a statement that you made and something that you brought up at the most recent live conversations with Kelly. That was that was really, really beautiful. And mm. I know it really resonated for a lot of people. This idea, well, maybe you go ahead and explain mm-hmm. kind of what you said and, and kind of what led to that. So per usual, when people ask questions, first of all, I love it. I think it's so brave and so courageous for people to make statements or ask questions. And somebody asked something or made a statement that actually I've heard a derivative of many times, which is they were talking about their grief around a parent that had died and using the phrase, I just lose it mm-hmm. when they cry or when they feel grief deeply. And my response was, and I, I mean this wholeheartedly, that I don't believe we lose it. I believe we get in touch with it. Now, that can apply to many things. That can apply to, you know, I will say that the one emotion is anger, where people, quote unquote, will say to me, I lost it and I punched somebody. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's true. I will say that I, I would have a hard time if somebody hurt somebody to say, oh, well, you we were just getting in touch, getting with, in touch it. with it. Yeah. So then we talk about other ways to get in touch with anger and to maneuver through it. But I will say when it comes to grief or when it comes to crying or the depression or whatever that may be, I think it's a cruel thing to say to ourselves, you're really losing it. Mm. Because that implies that there's something wrong with us when we're having a natural reaction to something that's painful. And so, and losing it means that you're you're never going to gain control again is what people actually are implying. And then she had said something about being in public and what do people think? You know, I've seen people cry in public and maybe I'm unique. I, I don't go like, oh, that person's losing it. When people are screaming at other people and being very rude to other people, that might qualify as, ooh, they're losing it kind mm-hmm. of type of thing. But when it what what she was implying to and what I want to talk about today is when we become in touch with emotions and we allow another person to see it. Yeah. To maybe be more gentle and think about, okay, we just got in touch with something that feels very 
difficult and feels very hard? Is it that we're missing somebody? Is it that our anxiety is increasing? Is it that we feel very vulnerable going into this work situation and we've gotten in touch with it, therefore we're having human reactions to it? It's just, a, for me, it's a more gentle way, especially around the grief space. I don't ever really want to talk about people, quote unquote, losing it because there's a very derogative connotation yeah. to that. It's very derogatory. Yeah. You know, when people say it. Well, it really, I think, speaks so much to, number one, how scary it can feel to show emotion in front of other people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it really, if it's not something that we're maybe used to doing or accustomed to doing, it can feel deeply terrifying and does feel like we're, quote unquote, losing it. Absolutely. Showing any emotion other than I'm good to another human being. Right. Yeah. And so I have, I understand where it comes from. Yeah. I don't want to shame people when they say it, but I really want to gently encourage us to think about this differently because I feel like, at least I know for myself, if I begin to cry, it's because I've allowed something into my space. I've allowed the pain of something. I've allowed the sadness over news I've heard. I've allowed something to come in, missing somebody that is gone, whatever that may be. And I'm sitting and crying, which would be something we would expect. Yeah. The saying, oh my God, you're losing it, Kelly. Yeah. Puts such a different slant on this, which by the way, stunts healing. Because the minute we shut down any emotion, we've lost that ability to travel more through that healing progression. And healing doesn't mean it's gone. Healing just means that we learn how to integrate whatever it is more into our space. But we do shut down and we blunt the opportunity for healing the minute we start calling ourselves names or the minute we start shaming ourselves or whatever. Because then what that does is it basically says, get it together, pull it yourself back and stop having these emotions. Totally. Yeah, it just feels like a much, much more gentle reframe, right? To say to yourself, I'm getting in touch with something yes. right now, creating space for something versus, oh boy, I'm losing it. Right, Brian. I mean, and it's true. And I will say that, use that as an invitation. When something presents and you allow yourself to touch it, yeah, or you allow it to touch you, allow that to be an invitation to walk into that healing space. And like we talked about in another episode about being a portal, Mm-hmm. There are portals or openings that when we enter into them, there are things waiting that can be incredibly comforting and incredibly beautiful and incredibly transformative. Yeah. And that is that is the truth. And I'm not saying you walk into that portal and it it's like magical unicorns flying around. I'm just saying it's a place we go in, we allow it, we allow ourselves to get in touch with it. That's really where, he, and you and I talk about this all the time, that's where the healing It's in the lives. allowing. Yeah. Isn't that so true? It is. And I, I truly am not being Pollyanna. Yeah. Like it truly, when I think about some of the deepest, darkest places that have been painful in my life, they also hold exactly the keys to what I need for healing. Yeah. And I, I think too, another 
another thing that came up for me right away when we were, when you were talking about this is really just this, I feel like steeped in that statement of, oh my gosh, I'm losing it is the way that we, we handle emotions in our, in our world and our society generally, where we kind of buy into this narrative that only quote unquote good emotions are allowed. Right. Exactly. You know, that exactly that if I, if I'm feeling anything other than happy in this moment, I'm doing something wrong and this is bad and this is something to be hidden. It's a beautiful point. Because when people are joyous, do they say, oh my gosh, I'm losing it? Isn't that the truth? No. Right. I mean, some people think they're too funny or, you know, yeah. overly, but yeah. no, it's, it's, you're absolutely right, Brian. It, we have listed in this society was an acceptable emotion. Yeah. And what is, you know, there's a judgment out there on many of us. Crying is a, I would love you if, if I'm going to, I'm going to be you right now. Yeah, throw it at me. Talk about what you're comfortable with around this. But I have heard you more recently talk about crying Mm -hmm. as something that you've gotten in touch with more and you've allowed yourself. Would you share that with us? That, in other words, I'm guessing that used to be something you didn't let people see you do. I would say that's very true. Yeah. But you did, did you actually cry or did you not even let yourself Mm -hmm. see you? Maybe a mixture of both, but I would say generally... I mean, it's still really hard for me to cry in front of people, but I've gotten, I've had some experiences over the last year that have kind of forced me to do that. But I now find, I feel the beauty that can come through when I allow myself to cry now. Again, it's still really hard for me to do in front of people, but there's a, a connection to the present moment that happens, I think, when I can allow me because it's, it's allowing myself to feel what's there, not getting lost in my mind about the story that my mind is creating about what's there. It's mm-hmm. just like a it's like a bypassing of the shitstorm of my brain and being like, actually, what's going on right now is I just really am sad and I'm yeah. going to let myself feel that sadness. Yes, absolutely. So do you have... Do you have the narrative going on inside? And there's an eagle flying outside right now as we're talking. But do you have the narrative, I'm losing it, mm. if you're in front of people? Or what are they going to think of me? You know what the narrative for me lately around with the I'm losing it is I've noticed kind of when I get really anxious, I find that that can sometimes cross over into almost a feeling of like depression for me. And that most recently has been the emotion where I, I feel like that narrative is really strong around, oh God, I'm losing it. Okay. And that that emotion, I'm going to get sucked into that emotion and things are going to be really dark forever. Yeah. And that was our other episode, right? Yeah. About coming back here, getting grounded in here. Depression is a very ugly feeling. It's a, it's a very scary feeling and it can feel like this abyss that you're going into. Yeah. That is scary. And I think... Again, maybe we reframe it, you know, depression can have a biochemical, of course. Our brain, there is a, I'm not saying it's all emotional, but there is a biochemical reasoning. Mm-hmm. Maybe people didn't get enough sleep, so their biochemistry is off, maybe whatever it may be. But I would love if people could, the next time they're feeling that anxiety or the depression or whatever, fill in the blank, is to say, is there something I'm getting in touch with or that? Maybe that I should, and I don't like that word, but maybe that I 
should allow yeah. myself to get in touch with. Is right. there something, because generally there's something under that. Yeah. And I think to the, the allow, like for the, for that feeling, for instance, the, the allowing of the feeling of depression, it's not helpful for sure to go into the mode of, Oh, here we go, Brian, you know, here's that freaking feeling you've done something wrong and this is just going to be miserable. Here we go. You know, you're going to be stuck like this forever. I know for a fact that's not going to help me. <laughs> no. And yet it is one of the first things that comes to the and mind. It's usually what, our, what we do to ourselves. Yes. With, I mean, and I'm talking about that emotion, but it's, you know, you can talk about so many different emotions. We, you know, we beat the hell out of ourselves. Yes, about them. we do. And so what a different way to look at that feeling more from a place of, okay, there it is. Can I let it in a little bit? Can I just let it be there and not feel like I have to necessarily do something about it? from the standpoint of I need to do all the mental gymnastics that my brain always feels like it needs to do to, to eliminate it. Well, and can we allow it to companion us? And I think that's the thing too, is I talk a lot about this word, the grief eventually becomes the continued bond in that where can it companion us? Can we say it's okay to stay even when it's uncomfortable? Yeah. Because I, going back to just cognitive behavioral therapy, Thoughts and feelings are not voluntary. Behavior is. I mean, if we go and punch somebody, but they're not. They come up, think of them almost like balloons in a way. They just, they rise. They have these thoughts. We have these feelings. What do we do with these mm-hmm. is where we can make an impact on ourselves. Yep. Most of us shame. Most of us judge. And then we, what you and I have talked about, those second arrows, the thing comes up. Then we bombard ourselves with all the mm-hmm. nastiness And if you go back to, I mean, I'm like incorporating all of our episodes here, but if you go back to even the inner child, and I've had to really rely on her a lot when I want to beat myself up, because I'm like, okay, this feeling or this thought comes up, then there's this feeling. Am I going to turn around and say to that inner person or say essentially to myself, that's ridiculous. Why are you having this? Yeah. And get a hold of yourself. No, I'm really going to encourage that inner being or that little being to let's bring it up. Let's talk about this. Let's have it here. Let's hold it here. I'm here with you. You're not alone. All these kinds of things. Letting her cry, letting her get mad, whatever she has to do. And then what we have to realize is those things will pass through. Yeah. But the minute we shut them down and shame them and add secondary arrows and secondary things to it, we've just built on that. So now is it not only going away, it's stronger. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I know. And letting it pass through with love and acceptance, I've experienced that. And I'm not crying in the moment of letting it pass through, but I'm crying after out of relief almost. Like just, oh. Yeah. Okay, it's dissipated a little bit. Yeah. You know? And I can see that in you too when you talk about your inner child. Like mm. I feel like there's a tenderness there. Oh, well. She's had to have a lot of tantrums to get my attention. Not the truth. You know, she really has. And I think, I mean, we all are an inner, we're all inner ages of what we've been. And whether you believe in inner child or not isn't the point. It's being kind to ourselves. And try pulling a picture up of yourself as a little person. We all have a picture of ourselves, And try talking to that picture. Yeah. Like we talk to ourselves. It's almost... I don't know. I would say it's it's near impossible. 
Yeah. To think about saying to a child what we say to our adult selves. Right. And I've never, I mean, when a child is crying because let's say their pet died, I can't imagine going up to that child and say, my God, you're losing it. Quit losing it. I know. Well, that's essentially what we're saying when we say, I'm losing it. So again, and rather saying to that child that this makes so much sense why you're so sad, why your heart is so sad because Rover died or whatever. And so I just think it's it was really profound when she asked that question. I'm so grateful to her because it has sparked a lot of conversation within people. All we can really ask of ourselves ever is just to pause. Mm-hmm. Not to change all of our behaviors in one episode, right? Right. Or one reading of a book, but just to pause next time and just go, okay. Yeah. When we want to do the, oh my God, I'm losing it. I know. It's just like, I'm really getting in touch with this. It's such, isn't it just more gentle? I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm I, getting, I yeah, it, Totally. Or I'm creating, I'm, cre- I'm going to create space for it. Yes. I'm creating space for it right now. And really allowing it to come and be, and it will pass through. Yeah. It will. I mean, that is a guarantee. This does not last forever. It might come back, mm-hmm. but this episode or this experience is not going to be here forever. It's going to pass through. And, yeah. you know, I, I've learned that from many, many, many years working with my patients, asking them, what did you worry about? I have no idea. Well, what do you mean you don't have any idea? And they're like, I don't know, but I can tell you, I spent a lot of hours. I was really worried. I, it was really intense in the moment. And yet I'm sitting here right now and those things are not, they are not what matters to me. Totally. And that's not just because it's human nature to worry, but I've learned that from so many people at the end of their life. When we talk about how we spend our time in life and do we have regrets about those things? And when they talk about that and the worrying and just really, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, you've heard me say this a thousand times, but I don't know, Kelly. I don't know what I worried about. And when we're in the moment, I can't ever imagine not remembering this yeah, moment. Like, yeah, oh, like, I'm going to remember this forever because this totally. is so intense. And then I'm like, I don't even remember last month what I, I was know. worried about. You know? I, I find this dynamic too of like right now, I can sit here and I know that in my mind, there's all these things that I'm worried about right now. Like I can feel them. There's just, that's the, the reality usually of every present moment for me. There's some, there's like a, it's like having a, a tape recorder playing in the back of my mind 24 seven of all the shit that I should be worried about. And yet what I know is that I'll be probably going to bed tonight, feeling the intensity of whatever that tape recorder is trying to tell me tonight, thinking back to this moment right now and going, oh, I kind of wish I was back in that moment. Yes. That would just be really comforting. So it's like, Oh wow. That happens enough in life to realize, holy shit, <laughs> like, I know. our mind is never just going to let us be present unless we're really intentional about it. Like we have to almost call it bullshit sometimes. Yeah. Well, and how great that you can actually think about that there might be a time you're going to think this moment is more comforting. Than whatever the moment is that I'm going to be in, in the future. And yet this moment is not comforting. <laughs> right, so it's right. just so, and that's exactly a different version of what I'm talking about when people are at the end and I'm asking them about their worries. Now, I'm not trivializing or diminishing their worries because I'm telling you, I know they worried a lot about money, their kids, whatever, but it was always so fascinating to me Mm -hmm. that they couldn't, and they would say things like, oh, I don't know. I suppose it was about my kids and whatever, but I suppose Mm -hmm. 
isn't the same as getting in touch with, oh, I specifically worried about that. And I say, isn't that so interesting? And they would often say to me, quite frankly, at this moment, it doesn't matter any either anyways. And I'm like, whoa, you know, it was one of those very profound experiences in my career. Now I still worry plenty, of course, but I do pause and I do think about them. And I think, is this going to be as big a deal even next week as it is right now? And sometimes it's like, well, this feels really intense, but I have to say again, 80% of what I worry about is, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, because right. if what I worried about came true, yeah, you'd be, it'd be a real, I'd be losing it. <laughs> so we shouldn't, we should like write scripts of what our lives would look like. If all the things that we worried about came true. It'd I mean, a, it could be literally, movie. for me, it could be a sitcom in some ways because it's stuff and, and it's legitimate worries. Like I do worry about my kids, right? Like getting home safe and all that kind of stuff. But I also have to say my husband has this other, he's like, yes, I get concerned, but I don't take it further like you oh. do. I don't have them in an axe. And it's this game every night when my daughter drives home late from work and then mm. I don't get to sleep until I get a text. I'm home. And it's just this thing. Am I going to remember that in 45 years? Probably not. I'm going to be able to say, oh, I don't know. I suppose it was about the kids. But I think the whole point of this is how do we soothe these moments that feel, quote unquote, like we're losing it? And how do we go back to allowing ourselves to have very natural experiences to very difficult things in life? I mean, when we cry, you know, first of all, it is an honor to be in the presence of somebody crying. For Mm -hmm. me, it is at least. Mm -hmm. I've seen trillions of tears in my, my work. And it's an honor. And every tear has a story in it. And every tear has an expression of something in it. And when you peel back all of the tears and all of the messages, we do come back to the space of love. I mean, it's just they're they're being shed over some connection of love. But every tear has a story and they're meant to be expressed. So when people say they're losing it, I just think they're expressing it. And I, again, it is such an honor to witness. It is. And I think too, the... One other thing I want to say, too, as we start to wrap up is I love that you brought up anger, too, and letting your little feel whatever she needs to feel, right? Whether that's sadness or anger. I've been really sitting with a lot more. I've realized how much over the years I I have a lot of pent up anger in me because Mm -hmm. I haven't let myself express that. Right. And I think that's a really common thing for a lot of people. And obviously, we don't endorse walking around and punching people in the face. That's probably not a healthy way to express our anger. And yet... Anger, I think, also is one of those emotions that we can start to feel like we're, quote unquote, losing it if we let ourselves feel it. And yet. Or we're going to lose it. Or we're going to lose it. Right. Or, or wow, why am I, I have all this rage inside of me. Why, I know. What, what is wrong with me? And so I just think whatever the emotion is, anger, sadness, shame, whatever it is, it's okay to feel it. <laughs> you it know? Is, there's a, real quick, I did a, a whole keynote on anger a couple of years ago. And. It was with people who have a terminal illness, um, which they have a lot of anger, and rightly so. But what I really have discovered with people in anger, that under that anger is fear. Mm. And there's a very, and it's a blanketed, so to speak, emotion over fear and grief. So I would ask people to dance with that. What was lost for you? What What did you not have opportunities for? And what are you scared of? 
And I teach medical professionals this because when patients are coming after them in a real angry way, that puts them on the defense immediately. Yeah. And I just say to them, ask them what they're scared of. Yeah. And and I think that's a, a more gentle, but I, I think anger is healthy. Oh, I think so too. When it's channeled appropriately. I also want to say as we're ending, when you cry in front of me or when someone cries in front of me, they give me the permission to cry in front to of them. To do the same. Yeah. And I want to, <laughs> we keep doing this. And I want to add one other <laughs> and thing. And as we're wrapping so up in about 13 a, hours. It's going to be a 17-hour episode. It, just with the anger thing, what I wanted to say is for anybody out there living with any mental health condition, for me, anxiety and OCD, it's been really helpful to get angry at the OCD. Yes. And I've found myself in, in many moments recently when I'm just getting my ass kicked by my brain, being able to just in that moment just be like, like I mean, literally, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Because I'm always trying to it, it, it approach things with softness and gentleness and using the tools, which are deeply important. And I've also been like, because sometimes it feels good to incorporate the anger too. 100%. And just be like, back off. This is ridiculous. <laughs> that's exactly, I'm so glad you said that, you know? Brian. And so, so I think that's, I mean, that's a whole other podcast episode, but people who are struggling with anxiety and struggling with, you know, really, really overactive brains, it can sometimes feel really good to just get really pissed off about it. Well, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Yep. That's getting in touch with it. It's getting in touch that's with it. That's not losing it. Totally. Yeah. And why wouldn't you be mad? Yeah. So, um, so I'm going to go punch a wall. <laughs> and then you're going to cry because <laughs> it's going to hurt. Gonna and then you're <laughs> going to hold cry. me and then we're going to feel more connected. Exactly. And so thank you again. I mean, boy, it's so interesting when we talk, there's like 14 different episodes that take place in my mind. But so grateful. I hope this was helpful to, to people listening and Truly, I just, I want us all to just really acknowledge that we are humans and that we have experiences and we have emotions. And I really do want, I really want to work with this more for myself even, and even with other people about just what are you getting in touch with right now? And as you get in touch with it, I will hold this space and be here for you. And we hold space for each and every one of you listening right now to be having whatever experience you're having. So as we wrap it up, I just want to no, <laughs> yeah, we'll just have one more thing. <laughs> so thank you everybody for um, tuning in and I'm so grateful to you. And Brian, thank you, your friend. wisdom. I don't know how grounded you're feeling right now. But I feel way better actually after this than when I started. Oh, good. And isn't that interesting? Because I shared things about how I was truly I, feeling. Mm-hmm. Interesting how that works. So, all right. Be kind. Bye, friends. You. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the See My Grief podcast. It is my hope that this episode resonated for you on some level and that you feel less alone, more hopeful, and gained insight. These episodes are not to be seen as a substitute for medical attention or psychological treatment. Please see your licensed providers for individual needs. Thank you so much for sharing and subscribing to this podcast so that we can continue to grow our sacred community. I will talk with you next time, friends, and please know this, I see your grief.